You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is some of my best friends are Kabbalists. I'm here with Rav Nosson Notogluk from Ashkelon, there is Yisrael. Nosson, we have a, uh, we're in the midst of other Aleph, but we know that the Yisraelis, especially if you say, like the Pnei Yishu and others, that 30 days before Purim, uh, we have Purim Cotton coming up soon, the Oyrois, the Simcha, uh, is definitely, its tendrils are reaching out to us. And what I would like to suggest for us to do over the next couple of weeks is to take this Sipur that doesn't have God's name in it, the Megillus Esther, and dive into it in a way that we highlight what we both know has been the approach of the Mekubalim in this story. Again, we're talking here about a story that um, can be described in very mundane terms, um, a story of great coincidences, a story of, uh, of of how someone being in the right place in the right time ends up in their personal growth arc, also saving a whole people, the story. And uh, there are human characters that we can imagine. They come to life in front of us. The, the Megillah gives us, in a way, a narrative that is sort of unmatched in terms of the intrigue and although, again, there's a little bit of a, a dragging of the last act, <laughs> up until Perik Ches, you know, you, you are talking about it's you know, a screenplay, and it has been done. The Mukubalim, though, see things a little bit different, um, and they should, because in this uh, Megillah, which is a description of events and people and personalities, there's symbolism that even Chazal point to in terms of Malcho Olam, but there's symbolism throughout, and, and I hope that over the next couple of weeks we can take Achashverosh and Lothro Vashti in, Haman and Mordechai and Esther and speak about them, not only, not just and, and specifically not what they were doing in Nigla on the page, but also primarily what that what they symbolized to us and how this represents to us a a reading that we can do that can actually hammer home Kabbalistic truths that are maybe what was really going on behind many years like even particularly when I was younger you know there's it's a mafurish gemara okay belailahi nodadashnas hamelach right that uh Ahasuerus couldn't sleep that night, you know, and and the the drasha that we have there, and it's it's also in Pirkei Rebbelazer and also also in the Gemara, is that is that uh, you know, and then you you made a little oblique reference to that. So the idea that Ahasuerus is being referred to in some way, even though I mean very obliquely, because you never use this drasha when his, when he's being named. Hamelachachashverosh. Then the Russia doesn't doesn't isn't usually used, but for 
in this in this situation where he's simply being called Hamelach Stam, then there's some openness to saying that the Melech here is really God. And how do you, you know, how do you just take Hakadosh Baruch Hu b'chavayde you know, and suck him into this narrative, and attach him in whatever whatever crazy way you can think of to a person who, um, well, was very very far from being a tzaddik, if anything, you know. Right. And right. I, you know, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my mind around that. Why would anybody make a drusha like that? Aside from the fact that you have to, well, why does God why is God asleep? You know, now Nebuch got is sleeping, and and, he, and 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 then he get you know had had uh, um, had some kind of had some kind of attack of insomnia, you know, which is which is also kind of a shreklech thing to say, but uh, but just the fact that you're conflating Hakadosh Baruch with with Hamelucha Chashverish, I mean that you know that's something that needs to needs to have some kind of uh, right right I, um, I agree and and there is a yeah. and, and what I think what we could accomplish is a trick because it's easy to say like the, the Ramah did you know in his philosophical allegorical work Mechir Yayin now Moshe Yisrael of course was a uh, a Talmudist and a Halachist uh, who said to his cousin the Marshal that uh, he basically deals with philosophy and deeper semi-Kabbalistic subjects only on Shabbos you know, he, his father-in-law was the Rosh Hashiva and Shalom Shachna, so he was, but he, his dabbling was quite, was quite impressive on, on the surface. He wrote the book, Teresa Oila, which is a, somewhat of a, a systematic approach to understanding um, many ideas philosophically of the Torah about Korbanos and other things. And, um, very different than a Sefer Teres Achatos, which is pure halacha. Uh, this is a, you know, Teres Ha'ilu was something that, but he also wrote this little pamphlet called Mechir Yayin, which is a beer on the Haggadah, total allegorically. In other words, it's the story is really just a means to develop certain philosophical, somewhat mystical themes. My point, though, is mm-hmm. is that if you learn the Sefer, you really shut off the story part. In other words, you're saying, Nelson, hmm, it's God, but how can we can think of God working through this beast of a person, this, this, uh, this drunkard, this glutton, mm-hmm. this um, uh, tyrant in some ways, uh, who, uh, or this madman, or this... Right? God, that's God. And, uh, or Xerxes, who fought the Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae. <laughs> there, there are such sheetas. That, yeah, that's, just, that, right, who, that's who he who was. He, yes. Who he is, yes. So, so, but, but there is a way, Nelson, to sort of say, look, these are just code. That, that These terms are code for a, a, an idea that you need to plug into. And I think that's what the Ramah thought his readers would do. In other words, the ch- the younger part of them would know the story, but now that they're ready to read the code, the code doesn't necessarily have to jive with the details. I think the trick that I hope we are able to do is not just see it as code, but also deepen the appreciation yes. of the story. In other words, it's like let's let, let us let us extract 
see what this symbolizes. But then when we hear the story, we can actually, it's happening, it happened Lamaisa. There was this historical person, but what did that historical person, what was not just symbolized, what was that historical person a, a a a hitgashmus of, so to speak. What was that person a actual representation of in the actions that we know? And I think that's right. really the way that you know people confused many things in Kabbalah for allegorical interpretations. It's not allegory. It's really I think that and I think the the challenge in the um, worldwide victory Esther asks Ahasuerus for it to be a time to somehow mop up the remaining 300, as it turns out. Perhaps there were more that were injured, but there were 300 um, uh, actual casualties, or 300 of our enemies, as we want to call them. They're not called Amalekim in the the Megillah itself, but Let's, for this conversation, call them the 300 remaining Amalekites, the Amalekim who wanted to still right. fight or needed to be uh, somehow um, discovered and killed. So on that day, although the first day, you know, you basically have the, I believe, the first 500 die. <laughs> the second day, that mop-up of the 300, therefore, now results in the 15th of Adar being the day of, as we say, that's the day that uh, we've now finished with these two days of battle. Now this is the day that uh, Shushan celebrates, which is on the 15th. So the we know from our halacha, though, it's not in the Megillah, but it's in the Mishnayas, and it's developed by the Talmud, Bavli, and Yishalmi, that the idea in the Mishnayas and the Maida Gemara is that this holiday known as Shushan Purim is celebrated cities who that had a wall from the time of Yeshua ben Nun's entry and conquering of the land of Israel. It happened in um, 24... Um, 88 of the, of, from the Brias Ha'olam. Any city that has a wall from that time reads the Megillah on the 15th and celebrates Purim on the 15th as a Shushan type of place. Now, of course, the problem is, is that Shushan itself was not connected uh, to that time it seems from some of the premier commentaries and from what we know of history that the city probably was not even built or definitely at, at that time until much later. It was much after 2488. This, of course, is, is talked about in, in, in the Gemara, but I'll, I'll give you the summary of the Mishnah. Hashem's Midos and, the, and, the, and these very human human beings which seem to be acting out the roles of Hashem's Midos. Okay, that's... That would be, I guess, the easiest way for me to say that. And I, I think that this does go back to, to something that is, you know, connected to this uh, this issue. And um, 
there, there are really two ways of looking at the sugya. One is the way that the Mishnah Brewer said it, which is, which is also attributed to the Ran and brought down to the Beis Yosef, that um, look, essentially the distinction is between Shushan and every place else. Shushan, um, Shushan fought on the 14th and rested on the 15th, so Shushan should keep, should keep Purim on the day they rested, which is the 15th. Every other place they fought on the 13th and they rested on the 14th, and therefore they should keep Purim on the on the 14th, and that's it. Except for some reason or another that they wanted to give all of the walled cities a kind of an upgrade to say, okay, you know, pretend you're Shushan. Do like Shushan. Why? Because you had a wall. Now, it, when, the, when the actual miracle was happening, Shushan was the only place that they were fighting on the, on the 14th. Okay, so that's, I've always wondered, that's a, that's a little odd to me, why they would, you know, why they would, imagine that that should be advisable um but okay let's let's grant it and let's say that all the walled cities have within of, of have within of shushan um so so when are these walls when do these walls go up so the sheet of rabbi yeshua ben korcha is that um all of these walled cities are determined based upon the date of the walled the walls being constructed for shushan so Shushan is presumed to be walled from the days of Ahasuerus. So therefore, all the walled cities that are going to have Purim on the 15th are also going to be walled from Ahasuerus. And that's his, and that's his Shita. Now, you, by the time you get to Eretz Yisrael, you see that Eretz Yisrael at that particular time, the days of Ahasuerus, was not walled anywhere. Is that it can, you know, it was basically all the walled cities had been, had been broken down. So you're, you're going to end up that this extra chashivus of having Megillah on the 15th is not applicable to Eretz Yisrael. So that's a shanda. That's embarrassing. That's humiliating. So we have to do something for Eretz Yisrael. So what we're going to do is we're going to decide that the definition of walled cities and everywhere other than Shushan is based not on Achashverosh, which is the historical reality, but on Yehoshua Benun. Okay. And... And there you go. Now, now all of those cities in Eretz Yisrael have uh, have a Purim on the fifteenth. The possibility of having Purim on the fifteenth if their walls were were in on, were in on time. And this is done, you know, this is done simply as a as a way of ensuring that Eretz Yisrael doesn't look like a second class place relative to other parts of the Persian Empire. Okay, and that's that's the that's the way the Mishnah Bura presents it. The difficulty is there that the, the Gemara doesn't really seem to say that. The Gemara gives you a drasha, which is a, which is a gzeir shava, um, prozim prozim, that um, connects the unwalled cities of Mikra Megillah to the unwalled cities that were there in the time of Yoshua Benun. Actually, the, the, the Pasuk is actually said about Moshe Rabbeinu conquering Aver Hayardain, but let's leave that, you know, let's leave that little problem aside for a minute. Um, and if this, if this this Shava is real, okay, and you're and you're learning, and you know, you're, le- you're learning Prozim fourteen, Mukafin fifteen, and you're learning it from, and you're and you're applying this Shava to it, so that means that the the reality is. The real distinction between Mukafin and Prozim exists in Eretz Yisrael, and it really goes back to Yemais Yeshua Benun. And then, the, and then the Gemara says, "Well, if that's the case, then how is it that it, it that uh, even Shushan should read on the fifteenth? Shushan would not be Mukaf 
right? Um, by the definition of Yemais Yeshua ben Nun. So then the Gemara answers something along the lines of this. Gemara answers, well, okay, but the, but you know, they, the war happened on the 14th and they rested on the 15th. So Shushan's got to be an exception to the rule. And it, and and even though it's not it's not shayach to the idea of of Mukafin, but it's still going to get it's still going to get the Purim on the 15th because of the miracle that happened there. Right. So it turns out, according to the according to the way the Gemara actually presents it, that the the origin of the whole distinction Mukafin and Prozim goes back to Eretz Yisrael, and it goes back to Yemais Yeshua Ben Nun, and because of a special miracle that happened, Shushan gets an upgrade. Right. But the the real original the you know the original idea originates with Eretz Yisrael and and is applied to Shushan because of because of some indication that this that this should be done okay so the mirror that's where the miracle happens one thing by the way which I was I somebody asked me a question I gave an answer which turned out to be totally mistaken um is that is there is there a din of of um of mukofin in Chutzlaretz in other words, if you have a, if you have a city, you know, if you're going to go to to let's say uh, Bavel in Iraq and read Megillah there, do you read on the 15th or the 14th? And I said, but Dover Pasha, there's not Shaykh to have any dinner of Mukafin outside of outside of Eretz Yisrael, you know, and um, you know, like why would there be though? You know, Eretz Yisrael is the Makar, you know, and and uh, and Shushan gets a pass. Yeah, yeah, but that's not the halacha, as we know. But that's not the halacha, right? That's not the halacha. I mean, you can you can forgive me for being for being you know somewhat somewhat tricked by the sugi over there, but uh, but yeah, right. They you know, that's, your, what, that's what right, I thought. They, right, they quote the Yerushalmi on that. Uh, the the Rishonim in in the Bavli quote the Yerushalmi, Afilu, and as it's codified in Shulchan Aruch, Afilu imein b'chutz l'aretz, right? Right. Um, and um so you know, that, which is which is interesting. I, I, but anyway, so the, the 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 issue is like, what's the real origin of the idea of Megillah on the fifteenth? Does does it originate with Shushan and spread outward to other Mukafin, and then we want to make something so that Nebuchadnezzar Israel is a second class citizen, so we upgrade the the cities in Eretz Israel to uh, to uh, you know Mukafin Bin so that way they get a you know they get to be Mukafin even if they're not. And and or or does it work? Does it work the other way? Are you are you working from, are you working from Eretz Yisrael to, to Shushan, and and uh, the Beis Yosef does apparently believe the second the second uh, version more than the first, and he and he tries to attribute it to the Rambam, and uh, that's that's everything that I think needs to be said in terms of the of the the pshat to the halacha the. the more interesting question uh, to me is like, you know, what is that? Okay, so what does that mean? You know, and um, I, well, I'm just going to say something. I don't know what, how relevant this is or how it connects, but I'm pretty sure that on some basic level it does connect. There's um, only three songs, as you know, and of course the last one is Aseris B'nai Haman, which is also a Shira, which is also connected to to the 15th of, of Adar, because that's when they were actually hung up on the tree, Aseris B'nei Haman. So, you know, there's, like, there's something there with Yoshua, with Eretz Yisrael, with, uh, you know, with Shushan, with, um, you know, there's something there. I couldn't no, I think be able to say very much. No, no, I think the fact that that is a fascinating 
interconnectivity. And I think that that is... Uh, yes. Yes. Let's, let's try to build on that. Huh? <laughs> Not Bechinam. <laughs> okay. But um, so... Um, let's see. I guess I guess what you can say to that. Where do we go from here? A, a bad pun on that would be the song remains the same, right? <laughs> that somehow is it right? That that somehow takes primary stage. So you already have a displacement right. in a way, right? You have a you have a displacement, which the next step, I think, Nelson, is to say, hmm, this isn't this if this is just legislation, like you say from the Ron. Yosef's language to sort of like let's give props to Eretz Yisrael. Look, 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 look what damage you've done to emphasizing the story. I mean, we all know that the Megillah is about Persume Nisa, right? We know that the uh, the idea of uh, so being you know grafting this law is in a way putting some non-historic if it's not part of the same ness so it's actually taking away right if if this is just some sort of side point what you're doing by you know making like like making all having people who living in these cities that didn't have walls now but might have had walls at the time you are causing them to sort of be non-historical and are they just reveling in the greatness of Eretz Yisrael? Because if they're not reveling in the greatness of what the miracle is, of what Purim is about, just some side quality point, then they are missing what Purim should be. It must be that reveling, being besimcha, having it on the 15th is an actual, even though you weren't part uh, you weren't a city with a wall at the time of the Purim story itself. It must be that what was occurring there was a reflective of some other truth, a reflective of a deeper truth. Right. I think that's where, where, where right. what this leads us to. That's say. where we're. That's where. That's where we're going. Um, okay, Abe, just cut the cut the thing for a second. I forgot something. I need to. I just. I'm not. I'm not pulling. Right. I want to add another thing to bear in mind is that ultimately the re- the difference between Mukafin and 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 Prozim and what makes what makes these uh, walled cities more holy than than you know than regular residential cities is the fact that you're supposed to send out the Mitzurayim. You know that the the uh, the mitzvah shiluach Mitzurayim is is hal on any walled city in in Eretz Yisrael, I guess me Moshe Yeshua Benun, let's say, um, and so there's a there's an additional level of kedusha by walled cities that that actually you know kind of transcends the general kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, which is which is really noteworthy. And outside of outside of Eretz Yisrael, why would you even have a distinction between Mukafin and Prozim? Uh, you know that's that's also a bit a bit um, a bit tamua. Yeah, I, I would add another so, a, another aspect besides sending out the Mitzayarim is that Bote Arichoma seem to have a stronger identity even than Shifte uh, Yisro because even though originally they fall based on the Gairo, Purim by the way, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they fall into the Gairo of right. Mary Yishvatim, but your act of Bechira of selling it 
can make it muchlat forever. In other words, if I, let's say I'm from Shevet Naftali, and I sell my city, which has been in my, given to me by the original Chalukah of Eretz Yisrael, and I sell it, um, and I don't redeem the, I'm sorry, I sell the, 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 the you home. sell the house. I sell the home within that city. Unlike other pieces of property that will come back to me at Yeovil, this one won't. And if I don't right. get it back in a year, if I don't, and it's a, also a strange thing, it's like a solar year, right? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Mm, okay. it's, the, it's the solar year. That's bizarre. That's, right. The solar year, that's Shabbat. <laughs> something, something, it's a solar year. Right, right, right. Wait, wait, wait. That's, we're Jews. No. <laughs> okay. No, it's the, <laughs> there's an extra other. No, it's the solar year. Sorry. So if you don't get the money in, and come and, and give it back. Of course, you do have a power to get it back. But if, if, if you had a bad year and you weren't able to uh, raise the funds to buy it back from the person you sold it to, that person now becomes the owner forever of that right. land. And my point is that you would think, well, come on. We know everything should always go back, right? Go, going back to the original tribes. There's something about a bias in the city of, of Nirahoma that allows it to actually transfer bias beyond what we can what we consider almost the ultimate our ultimate sense of identity. Right? You're part of the right. people who stood at Sinai. You're part of the people who came into Eretz Israel together. But those yeah. places, so I, so I think it really even has, in a way, uh, like a, a, an extra aspect of a, a city with a wall. There's something there which is even bigger than than its identity as the uh, as the ancestral home of a certain tribe. Otherwise, it should assert itself. Otherwise, it shouldn't be that right. you can sell it, right? Because other parts of is Eretz Yisrael you can't you can't sell them. All you can do is 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 all you can do is have a long term loan, a long term lease. Yeah. I mean. So I think this is really. I'm just oh, trying to support this. Yeah, idea. no, that actually, yeah. I mean, and and you're and you're right. And this is something that I hadn't really thought of. Uh, in Bahar, of, uh, selling houses in in yeah, and all that all that in Bahar, leading to bechukaisai. And the promise in bechukaisai is v'halachti v'seichachem v'hayisi lochem le'likim. So the Kaddish Baruch is going to walk among us, now, which is which is really quite uh, an amazing thing to say. And what I would what I would want to suggest is the idea of a Kaddish Baruch walking amongst us means that the ability for Hashem's names and midos to be misdabek in human beings becomes such that you really, just by walking around in Eretz Yisrael, you are participating in the Yehudim and in the processes of Oil Matzilus. Which is really a way in which Hakadosh Baruch Hu ultimately reveals his his inner self and allows his inner ex- inner self to express itself in the world. Okay, because because if you know the midos of Hakadosh Baruch Hu are, are always what they are in of them in of themselves, but when you're miyachid them in certain ways, when you when you make certain things happen there, so then you, that has a revelatory power in terms of the arayin life, which can which can come through. So his halachti b'seichem is a bracha that we can just walk around, you know, I don't know, in whatever 
whatever phase of, of the evolution of this world is going to happen in, but we could actually walk around, live our ordinary lives, say hello to each other, do some business deals, make some things happen, whatever. And simply by being who we are, we are already being miyachid yehudim. We're already, we're already making things happen in the realm of Hashem's midos, which is, which is typically not the way that we do it. Typically, the way that we do it is we're praying to somebody that is outside of ourselves, you know, and the Kaddish Baruch is beyond us. And, and we are trying to cleave to him and we're, and to the extent that we're visualizing his midot, his midos and his names, the idea is, is to, is to use these as, as points of connectedness so that we can access HaKadosh Baruch who is beyond his midos and names. Okay, so because we're always mispalel to him and not to his midos, but that doesn't mean that the midos are not useful for, for generating, for generating that connection. And we, this is something we need to do intentionally. We need to look beyond our, our ordinary lives in order to do this. You know, Masha Enkein, if you have the real school of Eretz Yisroel, then you can, you can be Mekayim, the singing of his halachti v'soichachem. You know, you don't have, there's nothing to do that, other than living in Eretz Yisroel and just being, you know, being B'nai Yisroel in, in Eretz Yisroel, in this, in this place, which is the, the center point of all, of all reality. And this kind of experience seems to happen more or seems to be more located in the Arei Batei Chaima than it is out in the, you know, out in the fields and out in the villages. Okay, reason for that, because you have more Achtus in the, in the, in the Arei Batei Chaima, because you don't have any Mitzorayim. You know, Mitzorayim are people who ultimately disrupt the social unity, the social fabric of of, uh, of Am Yisrael. They're you know they're people who need to atone for the sin of lashon hara. So you, therefore, the expectation is that within the Yare Batei Chaim, not only are they places that you can flee to when when there's some kind of attack, so it gives you an added sense of protection, an added sense of enclosure. It also gives you socially an added sense of achdus, and and quite possibly because of that additional sense of achdus, the the distinctions between my family, your family, his family, all these distinctions kind of become much much weaker, which is why you can sell a a, a house in a in a um, in a irmukaf chayma forever because you know I don't have any kapedis. Yeah, it used to be mine. Now it's yours. I from this shevet, you're from that shevet. Small change. It doesn't matter because we're really we're really much more one with each other inside the uh, the irmukaf um, chayma than we are than we are outside. So what I want to suggest in terms of the the meaning of Megillus Esther is that this this bechina of people just being themselves. And yet, partaking in the processes of a Kaddish Baruch whose names and attributes and spheres and partufim and all that sort of stuff that Makubolim talk about, amazingly and 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 insanely, it happened in Shushan. But if it happened in Shushan, it means that the, in a sense, the kedusha of the ayores bate chayma were still there, even if the walls were completely broken down, which is one. You know that I mean that already is a is the chiddush that this this bechina is so ingrained in the in the geography of Eretz Yisrael that you can't get rid of it. You can break down the walls, you can smash the city, but if that city had a wall around it when when it was in Yemei Yeshua Benun, so then that idea of his halachti is still is still present there. And because it was present in Eretz Yisrael, you could have an additional gilu shchina machmas haneis 
you know, which, which had to happen because otherwise Am Yisrael would, would disappear entirely. Okay, so this had to kind of transfer itself temporarily to a place that you would never imagine that it could ever be translated. It would also be translated onto people that you could never imagine would be capable of receiving this. I mean, first of all, B'nai Yisrael themselves are not in such a great madrig at the, at the time, as we, as we all know. And it, 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 even, it even resides on the person of Ahasuerus, who, who is not in the parsha to say, you know, to, to say the least. Okay. But nevertheless, this notion of halachti in order to in order to save Am Yisrael, in order to in order to be there for us in Shushan, and giving us this ability to do things that perhaps we did we weren't even on a madrega to do, you know we didn't maybe we didn't have the madrega to actually daven our way out of out of this one, but we would have had the madrega if we were able to do the yichudim and do the things that needed to be done. Um, just by being ourselves and having and having Hashem's um, midos uh, connect themselves to us and 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 live through us, right? Or or appear through us, right? So that that idea, I think, Liktzach, you know, fundamentally in the idea of of uh, of kedushas Eretz Yisrael and the kedusha of Ari Batichayma, and because it, because it was in Eretz Yisrael, therefore it could exist in Shushan. And therefore, Shushan doesn't need to be Miyamai Yeshua Benun because it's 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 getting it from something that was that was uh, that was Miyamai Yeshua Benun, and it was but it was in, for the schus of Am Yisrael, not for not for any other not not for any other reason. And ultimately, if you think about it, it is it 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 also serves the purpose of of reconstituting Eretz Yisrael because you know the the, the destiny of Eretz Yisrael in Binyan Amigdash and and the whole the whole Yemei Bayis Sheni emerges out of what happened in Shushan Abira. Okay, and that's that's something that we also know from Chazal. You know, the 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 events in Shushan Abira were happening during the hiatus of Binyan Beis Amigdash, you know, uh, by the by the uh, people who came back from from Bavel, right? And that had to resolve itself before you could continue with Binyan Beis Amigdash and, and Binyan Chaimis Yerushalayim. Okay, which would be the reestablishment of all of this all this thing all this stuff before all. Right, so Eretz Yisrael is very much at sad in this in this uh, in this mahalach. Okay, so that's what really what I that's really the point that I wanted to present. And um, yes, I think that what we I need think to, it, uh, I think it makes some good sense. Yes, it's a, it's a fine uh, setting the table here for understanding how those far flung events are so crucial. I would say just to add a, a little knage of my own here that I think what we could say is is that as primal as those days were, what we call the years before that was really playing out later in Shushan, it's that life, the life that we have of attaching ourselves there, so that Bia so to speak, um, you know, is still happening. It's still there. Mm-hmm. It's still in a way, although, again, this is a little bit complicated because of how we treat Kedusha Sa'aretz, that Kedusha Sa'aretz is somehow right. dependent on, you know, Bias Ezra, which is really, as you say, uh, a byproduct, or it goes hand in hand with what was happening in the events in Shushan. But the Birishona, in many ways, is, it's almost like an event that's frozen beyond time. Um, it, it's we are entering an era to throw where we're, we're connecting, um, and in that way, it 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 it, it 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 it's sort of like you know, like like the Ilumatzilus in a certain sense that are 
beyond mm-hmm. change. So the 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 tukufa of you know, and again, one can even talk about the seven and seven. We could talk about you know the the seven years and the other seven years represent you know the various you know the zeranpin in in two different bechinas um, of the, the the kibush and the chiluk. You can't get more kabbalistic than that, right? You have one sense that it's the like the or overwhelming the kibush, and then you have the ischalkus of the seven years. Um, all of that is really part of the period, which is, you know, it isn't just some sort of like, you know, like primitive, uh, you know, uh, tribal, um, you know, spreading and, and killing out. What's what's going on there right. is it's 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 sort of like the honeymoon that doesn't end between Klal Yisrael and God and Eretz Yisrael. So, right. And as you say, Nelson, although the bracha of Parshas Bechukosai was not achieved at that time, but in a way, when we when we will feel its achievement completely of God walking within us, we know that 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 was the that that created the superstructure for that to happen. In other words, coming at there to show yeah. with God with the Oron and conquering and and having and and feeling the life force of the land the way we're bond to it. Is, is 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 the structure of God walking within us, as you say, uh, to the point that, um, you know, as you say, God is in a way working through many many agents. <laughs> but 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 if 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 it doesn't happen in Eretz Yisrael, it's almost like without Maimon Har Sinai, all of this is just God's. Um, all of this is all is the way God put it in the planning board, right? You know, right. There, there needs there need that needs to have happened, and it, it happened, and because it happened, we now have that great, not we now have the the ideas of an Achashverosh representing Malkoshal Olam, and. Esther representing right. Malchus, you can, and, and you can you can you can have you can have Esther, the Jewish girl, going into see Achashverosh and realizing that she's actually coming into see Hakadosh Baruch. I mean, okay, that I mean that boggles the mind. But I just I just want to add something to what you said. I mean, to to begin with, you have a real halacha issue over here, because if we're trying to, according to my pshat, let's say we're we're trying to we're trying to create some sort of some sort of continuity between the kedusha of Yemei Yoshua Ben Nun. You know, crossing the you know crossing the divide into the di- into the days of Bayis Sheni through the vehicle of Shushan, right? So you know that Kedusha Rishona Kitshele Shaita, right? So the Kedusha Rishona is actually is actually Bato. Okay, so that's my point. I made that. I was saying that. Yeah. Right. Yes. So it might be, but again, that's well, what I was trying to bavarn. Even though you want to say it's bottle, but it still was the superstructure for Tikkunishmiya to happen. Right. Other, right. And that's, had there not and, and that and that and the Shushan really is the bridge between Kedusha Rishan and Kedusha Shnia, and by the way, also the bridge between let's say Kedusha Shnia and 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 the Kedusha of Yemaisa Mashiach, which at least this gives me one one reason to understand how is it that suddenly you know, you have all the all the uh, Ari, but the, uh, um, all the Aris Mukafis in Chutzlaritz, which are suddenly becoming, you know, are doing are doing uh, are doing Megillah on the fifteenth. What suddenly suddenly you know suddenly they all got they all got Kedushas, but the Ari Chaima, or you know Kedushas Ari Chaima, though, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. 
Elama, you know, we we know that uh, Eretz Yisrael is is eventually be you know be destined to spread all over the world. Okay. So so that at least makes some. You know, so it's not just, it's not, you know, Shushan is not just a bridge between Kedusha Rishayin and Kedusha Shni. It's a bridge between Kedusha, you know, Kedusha's uh, Eretz Yisrael and, and Kedusha Lassid Lavoy also. And that's, I know that might be a little bit Darsha, you know, Darsha, no, 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 a little no, bit I, over the top, but, but you know, I think, I mean, I think uh, it makes sense because, according, I mean, according to this, what really, you know, why really do, do Mukafis Chaima in Chutzlar, it's what business do they have reading on the 15th? You know, so... Again, right. and, so and, that's just my, you know, that. Yeah, I, I, and I think what we could probably, you know, speculate, you know, uh, even on a shot level, but I think maybe I'll be so too. Okay, this is the, uh, you're like, 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 okay, you're like Shushan. Okay, what makes me like Shushan? I mean, like, even the Gemara Sabamid is that I have a wall. Okay, so, like, like, do the people dress like Shushan? Do they talk. I mean, having a wall seems to be just a very, uh, a sense of are we a are we a fortified city? Did we decide that we were going to defend? A, you know, we want to be in a great defense position. Um, the certain safety aspects. You know, it, it seems to be very external and not essential although again obviously you'd probably pay a premium price to live in a city that uh, couldn't be sacked and it would be very hard to conquer because of of its wall it would seem that that is sort of like sort of an incidental aspect to somehow say well well, right you got a wall you're like why 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 give why give them a bit of Shushan? I mean, they didn't. They didn't even. You know, they, they rested on the fourteenth. I mean, the, the simple the simple fact is, you know, he, he, did you rest on the fourteenth? Did you rest on the fifteenth? And Shushan did on the fifteenth, and now everything else did on the fourteenth. So why just because just because you have a wall around it? Oh, let's, let's say let's say it's be like Shushan. I don't. I have no rational explanation for that. You know? Right. So right. So on a rational level, it seems to be just taking an external aspect that sort of says, "Okay, well, you've got a skyscraper. Okay, so let's say we're going to uh, we're going to commemorate nine eleven. Okay, so every city that's got a skyscraper has to anything. Okay, well, Dubai, you got one. Uh, you have a, a, a skyscraper that's sort of like what the twin towers were. Okay, you're celebrating it. Okay, right. And that would seem. Well, your skyscraper is not me and my Ronald Reagan, you know. So. <laughs> right. So it would seem that would almost be an affront. You can almost imagine that that the that the people who are who who, who suffered at nine eleven and lost loved ones would say, what. Dubai uh, uh, or whatever city is now built as or had a skyscraper, right? Right. It would almost seem like you took the most incidental aspect. Yes, well, it was an attack on a skyscraper, so any city with a skyscraper should somehow. Right? It, it would seem very external and, in a way, demeaning to whatever the to the original to the to the original, unless right, unless we flip it, unless we somehow say that this is tied into an idea that the Torah tells us about, about a Choma. And that seems to be, you know, uh, again, the clues oh, are there. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to push. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I'm just, I'm just putting successfully some, or otherwise. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just putting some garnish there. And it's always good to remember. Yes. The, well, that's about it, my friends. Next week, we shall take a, a continue this deep dive into the great book, the great McGill itself. And uh, hopefully it won't be as 
and as the Megillah reading. Kamarna Rebbe's <laughs> Kamarna Rebbe's commentary. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.